0: Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy one thirteen. Welcome to Sound Words podcast offering confessional commentary and application for the local church. My name is Rhett Burns. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church Traveler's Rest in the beautiful upstate of South Carolina. And we are continuing to work our way slowly through the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith And today we come to chapter one, section six. Chapter one is dealing with uh, the holy scriptures and I am reading from the In Modern English version published by Founders Press. And chapter one, section six says this, the whole counsel of God concerning everything essential for his own glory and man's salvation, faith and life is either explicitly stated or by necessary inference contained in the Holy Scriptures. Nothing is ever to be added to the Scriptures, either by new revelation of the Spirit or by human traditions. Nevertheless, we acknowledge that the inward illumination of the Spirit of God is necessary for a saving understanding of what is revealed in the Word. We recognize that some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church are common to human actions and organizations and are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian wisdom, following the general rules of the word which must always be observed. And so with with this section of the confession, we see several things relating to the scriptures being addressed. And the first of those is the sufficiency of scripture. So that, that first sentence says that the whole counsel of God concerning everything essential for his own glory, for man's salvation, for faith and life. So it gets really specific, God's glory and man's salvation, and it spans out to faith and and life very broadly. It's either explicitly stated in the Bible or it's contained in the Holy Scriptures by necessary inference. And so what we see here is the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture, that, that everything we need, for God to know about God's glory and to glorify God, everything that we need in order to be saved, everything that we need to live a life of faith, everything that we need for life, for life and godliness, it's found in the Bible. Now, some of the, some of those things are going to be explicitly stated. They're going to be told to us uh, very clearly, and so particularly as it relates to. Uh, what we need to know and believe and trust for salvation. That is explicitly stated. So the gospel is made clear. Think of 1 Corinthians 15. The life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is made clear. It is by that that we're saved. Romans 10. you Confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead on the third day and you'll be saved. So these things are clear. Other things are... Um, Maybe not explicitly stated, but if you if you take the explicit statements that are in Scripture and you kind of stack those up, you can draw some logical inferences from those to things that are true and that carry the authority of Scripture behind them because they are uh, inferred by the Scriptures. And so, this doesn't mean that the Bible says everything about everything, right? It doesn't address every specific um, topic in the world. What what we mean when we say the, the scriptures are sufficient, the scriptures are enough for us, is it means that we have all of God's words necessary for everything in life. We have all of God's words necessary for everything in life, dealing with his glory, with man's salvation, with faith, with life. We do not need further revelation from God. We don't need further explicit revelation. We don't need further uh, inference. We don't need further revelation from God because God's not holding out on us. He's not requiring something of us and then kind of holding what we need for that behind his back. No, he has given us the scriptures. And in the scriptures, we have everything that we need for life. We have everything that we need for faith. We have everything that we need to glorify God. We have everything that we need for man's salvation is contained in the Scriptures. God's not holding out on us. So there's some there's some really practical ways that this doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture uh, works out in in our lives today. Now, I can think of two areas specifically. There'll be a lot more, uh, but two that I would address today. One of those is in counseling, and and by counseling I mean uh, both in formal counseling with a counselor, with a pastor, and then also in what I would call informal counseling, where you know you have people helping one another bear their burdens and helping one another with their problems, helping one another giving advice, listening to what's going on in their lives that, that's hard and challenging, and and then giving giving advice uh, back to a friend. Informal counseling, right? Well. Uh, when we think of it specifically with formal counseling uh, there are various methods that are employed to help people with their problems many of these in our modern day are rooted in a secular and material uh, materialist understanding of the world right and so these these counseling philosophies these counseling methods Uh, are rooted in materialism They're rooted in uh, a secular understanding of how the world operates and often what what Christians will do is they don't want to give up on the Bible they don't want to give up on a Christian understanding of the world but they will try to integrate the two so they'll try to integrate a world in which God made the world and made us in his image and has certain requirements of us of how we're to live and 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 there's certain uh, consequences for our actions so, so that worldview—they try to hold that in, in, together with a secular worldview, which believes none of those things, and uh, understands that we all evolve from you know the primordial goo uh, way way back millions of years ago, and there's there's. Consequences of that worldview view, and they don't necessarily always mesh. But but oftentimes Christians will, will try to put those two things together and integrate uh, integrate them in their in their counseling, and integrate uh, the Bible and secular psychology, the Bible and secular uh, psychiatry. But I believe the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture can help us find a better way, a more biblically consistent way and so there is a a a school of thought about counseling or a method of counseling you might say called biblical counseling and biblical counseling um, this is this is a method that takes the sufficiency of scripture very seriously uh, that that really believes that we have all of God's words necessary for our problems and that we can find answers to our problems to our emotional problems to our relational problems uh, whatever it is, we can find answers in the Bible. The Bi- We have problems. The Bible has answers, and the role of the biblical counselor then is to help you or help the person find those answers. And so biblical counselors would say that we need to know the Bible, but also not only do we need to know the Bible, we need to obey the Bible, and that when we do obey the Bible, we can find real help and real answers for our problems. And so this is a distinctly Christian and biblical way of counseling whether we're talking about formally as biblical counselors or informally as Christians giving counsel to one another and so in the informal type of counseling which we might just call friendship or church membership where you're coming along another believer you want to point people to the Bible what does the Bible say because we can find real answers to our real problems in the Bible because we have all of God's words necessary for life because the whole counsel of God concerning everything essential for life is found, either explicitly stated or by necessary inference, in the Holy Scriptures. Another way, uh, another practical application of the doctrine of sufficiency of Scriptures um, that, that, that it's really um, timely to our day, is that the the. S- sufficiency of scriptures offers a better way of handling ethnic uh, or tribal disharmony uh, or division can handle that better than uh, secular approaches to those same things so we can handle that betterly better with the bible than we can with with critical theory or critical race theory and so there are secular approaches uh to to ethnic disharmony uh, what's popularly called race relations. There's secular approaches that add all sorts of burdens and, and really uh, create further divisions. But the Bible, because it has all of God's words that are necessary, the Bible has solutions to tribal tensions. The Bible has solutions to ethnic division. Because the Bible teaches us about the blood of Jesus. And the blood of jesus is the basis of the forgiveness of sins and it's because of the doctrine of forgiveness that we can actually move past things that have happened that were that were wrong that were evil that were wicked those can be forgiven because of the blood of jesus and the bible teaches us not only how to be forgiven but how to forgive others and so ethnic harmony is found and is rooted in, if we're gonna actually have it, it's gonna be rooted in the grace of God. It's gonna be rooted in the blood of Christ. The Bible teaches us about restitution. The Bible teaches us about biblical justice. And so the Bible actually, actually deals with the problems rather than creating new problems. And so if you, if you want to move past um, or make progress in race relations, racial harmony, ethnic uh, harmony, uh, you don't need to go to Delgado and Crenshaw and Tisby or any of those kind of critical theory writers. You can go to Peter, and Paul, and Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John. You can go to the scriptures because we have all of God's words that are necessary. And we might have problems in our society, but the Bible has answers because the Bible has God's word either explicitly stated or by uh, necessary inference, we can find those solutions. So that's the first thing that's dealt with in this section of the confession. The second one is that we have a closed canon. And so uh, the the confession says that nothing is ever to be added to the scriptures, either by new revelation of the Spirit or by human traditions, meaning we have the canon of scriptures closed. We, we have already all of God's words. That's We're not looking for new revelation anywhere. We all... We already have what we need from God. It's not deficient in any way. We don't have the deficiency of scriptures. We have the sufficiency of scriptures, and so we don't need new books of the Bible. Or we don't need new books, um, you know, to come after the Bible. And so we reject the Book of Mormon. We reject the the Quran. Uh, we don't need you know new revelations of the spirit. God told me fill in the blank. No, we have the Bible. We don't have a need for for human traditions that usurp or replace or surpass the biblical teaching. We have the revelation from God that we need, and it is enough. And so the application, or maybe better said, the, the exhortation would be to stop wanting more. Stop wanting to look up in the sky and find what you need written in the clouds. Or stop, you know, wanting, wishing you had you had more revelation of God because you have everything that you need to glorify God. You have everything that you need for salvation. You have everything that you need for faith. You have everything that you need for life in the scriptures. And there's not going to be more revelation in that way because we have a closed uh, a closed canon. So the encouragement then would be to mind the riches of the of the revelation from God that we do have. Mind the riches of it read, know, love, cherish, understand, study, and obey the scriptures that we do have. Third thing that we see in the confession is the necessity of the Spirit. It says, nevertheless, we acknowledge that the inward illumination of the Spirit of God is necessary for a saving understanding of what is revealed in the Word of God. And so what we, what we see here is the Bible is, a, is ultimately a spiritual book. And so it's not just an intellectual exercise to read and understand the Bible. All sorts of very intellectual, very smart, intelligent people can—you know—they'll read the Bible and try to dissect the Bible. And there are a lot of lost, going to hell, very smart people who have read the Bible. But ultimately, the Bible is a spiritual book, and you need the revelation—or excuse me—I should say the illumination, the inward illumination of the Spirit of God in order to savingly understand the word of God. So you could be the smartest man in the world, but if the spirit doesn't inwardly illuminate the words of the Bible to you, you will not have a saving understanding of the Bible. And so what we see here, salvation is all of God's grace. It is none of man's intellect. Salvation does not depend on our intellect. Yes, there are things we ought to know. Yes, there are things that we need to know and, and believe, but salvation is not dependent Upon an intellectual understanding, it is dependent upon a spiritual understanding because it is dependent upon God's grace and the Spirit's work in giving us a new heart. And so we need the Spirit to read the Bible. And as Christians, we need to read the Bible by the Spirit. We need to uh, remember that we're not just coming to this book on our own. We need the Spirit's help to understand. We need the Spirit's help to understand. than to obey. We need God's grace through the Spirit at work in our lives. And then lastly, we see the freedom to apply Christian wisdom within the bounds of the Bible. So it says, we recognize that some circumstances concerning the worship of God, the government of the church, are common to human actions and organizations, and are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian wisdom, following the general rules of the world, which must always be observed. And so, what we see here, this is having to do with uh, questions of church polity. How do we organize and uh, and, and run the church, church polity, and then also maybe um, even you know elements of worship, how, how we structure the worship service. And so what we see here is we can apply Christian wisdom, right? Uh, we can apply things that we know by the light of nature, natural revelation. We can take those, and with the guardrails of Scripture, we can organize our church and, and, and conduct worship. And so guided by the Scripture... But not everything is explicitly prescribed by the Scripture. With the control being that we never get to contradict the Scripture, but not contradicting it, contradicting it. There, there's some freedom to apply Christian wisdom and what we know by the light of nature to these things. And so, maybe one example uh, would be, you know, the Bible tells us we ought to sing. Colossians three. You know, you, you address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. We ought to sing in worship, but it doesn't tell us whether we ought to sing three songs or four songs or eight songs. It doesn't tell us whether we, need to, uh, we, we ought to you know, play the piano or the guitar or nothing. Um, it, it's not explicit on those things, and so we have some freedom to apply Christian wisdom to those things in our worship, um, but we're guarded by the scriptures. We're not going to come together and not sing, because the scriptures tell us we ought to. Or maybe another uh, example dealing with church polity. The, the Bible explicitly tells us they're the officers of the church. So you have your, your pastors and you have deacons. Those are two offices, offices of the church. But it doesn't tell us which, you know, which decisions are, um, are going to be voted on or, or not voted on. You know We're free to set up bylaws for our church that we then operate by. And so we have freedom to apply Christian wisdom, but always, always, always within the bounds of Scripture. And we're never uh, allowed to contradict the Scripture because the Scripture is our authority. This is Sound Words. Until next time, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. For more information on our church, find us on the web at trfirst.org or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at FBCTR or you can find us on Facebook. Have a blessed day.